all during the month of October, we're going through the second letter to Timothy as our second reading. Two weeks ago, we heard Paul tell Timothy, stir unto flame the gift of God that's in you. God has not given you a spirit of cowardice, but of power and love and self-control. So now we're in chapter three of this letter, going on a little bit farther. And I encourage you, if you'd like, feel free to open up your white Source and Summit hymnals to page 562, if you want to follow along with the second reading. It's 562. Or if you have your Bible with you, you can open to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 14. And just because we love to make it easy for you at St. Rosa Lima, we'll also put the scriptures on the screens. Ah, that's nice. So there's the second reading right there. And then, um, Annette, would you do us a favor and put on our Halloween filter for the reading? There we go. Look at that. Fall, fall colors and everything. Matches the stained glass. We've thought of it all. We'll focus on some of these sections of the reading today. Really, Paul is trying to tell Timothy and tell us two basic things today. Be faithful to the sacred scriptures and proclaim the word. Be faithful to the sacred scriptures and proclaim the word. Paul starts off by saying, in that first little line, he says, Timothy, from infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures. From infancy. Now, Paul's talking about the sacred scriptures, meaning the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. There's no New Testament yet. And Paul's writing part of it doesn't even realize it. He's talking about the story of salvation that's been preparing God's people to receive the Christ. And Timothy clearly has known this since he was a little child. Paul earlier in the letter refers to the faith of Timothy's grandmother Lois and mother Eunice. He says, I recall the sincere faith that lived in them and that now lives in you. And how beautiful is that? To be able to, to hand on the story of salvation, to know the living God from an early age. Last weekend when Deacon Glenn led us through that little Thanksgiving exercise in the homily, what I was being grateful for that I sometimes take for granted is that when I was a kid, when I was little, people told me about Jesus. I was taught the scriptures. It wasn't always perfect. It wasn't complete. I had some, some rough faith formation classes sometimes, but I was taught who Jesus was, and I began a relationship with Jesus from a young age. It's the same gift that we celebrate today as, as Vera is baptized, that Jeff and Mallory and this family, you're going to be handing on the sacred scriptures from her infancy. You're doing exactly what Paul is commending Timothy for. They're going to surround her with the word of God and teach for the word of God as she grows up. And how beautiful is it that we have this reading on the day when we start our catechesis, the word for children, so that these boys and girls can have a relationship with the God who loves them very early in their life. What's so beautiful is we know that, that in the years to come, yes, it's true, we all have a choice, and, and we don't have to live according to the Scriptures. And, but it's amazing that in the last few years at St. Rosalima, I've met friends, a number of people, who for different reasons have, have strayed from the faith, have left the church, have, have left Christ's side, but they've come back to their roots because from their infancy, they've known the sacred Scriptures. They've remembered in the challenges and even chaos of their life 
Like, you know, when I was little, there was something firm, something true on which I could build. And they're coming back to that faith. And they're rediscovering Christ. It's so beautiful to see. You never know the impact of what it'll mean to hand on the sacred scriptures to one who is young. Next, St. Paul says to Timothy, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture. Now we know that this refers to all scripture, meaning the whole Bible, Old Testament and New. Again, the New Testament is not finished yet. When the scripture says inspired, that is a very particular word. The word that St. Paul uses for all scripture is inspired is really a compound word. He says theo, which is the Greek for God, and then pneustos, which means breathed. The words literally, all scripture is God-breathed. It's breathed out by God into human language. Scripture is a unique category of writing. The primary author is God, who then uses secondary authors, human authors, to put what he wants to reveal into human language. It's not even necessary for Matthew or Mark or Paul or Peter to realize that they're being inspired as it's happening. But it does matter that later on, the church recognizes that certain writings were inspired by God, and the whole church judged which books were inspired and which books were not. Thus came about the Bible, the 73 books of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. A few things follow from this. First of all, we see that the church came before the New Testament existed. There's about at least 50 years when there wasn't even a gospel yet after the resurrection. And in that time, there was the church. There was the, the people of God under, with Jesus. The church wrote the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John, Peter, and Paul. The church identified what those God-breathed scriptures were. And then the church became the servant and steward of those sacred scriptures, protecting those sacred scriptures, handing them on to the future. This also means that the church's judgment as a whole on what the scriptures are and what they mean is more important than any individual believer's private interpretation or any one group's idea about the scriptures. It is the whole church that guards and serves the sacred scriptures that are God-breathed. And we also know at the same time that God does speak to us individually through the scriptures. God does send his breath into each of us as we ponder the word of God. All scripture is inspired by God. All these scriptures are also useful in their own way for teaching, refutation, correction, and training in righteousness. Today's a good day to ask, like, do I let the scriptures teach me? Do I let them correct me? There's lots of things we could read on this earth. I mean, I mean we've got Amazon.com. We've got the Roosevelt Library. We've got books, shelves and shelves of books. It's great. We should be people who are literate and, and cultured and well-read. But do we let the sacred scriptures be our first teacher? 
They are God-breathed. Not every book is God-breathed. The scriptures are God-breathed. Can we let them teach us? Let them correct us? Let them even train us in righteousness? You know, some of us here, we, we go to a gym. You go for, for physical training. It's a good thing, right? Especially as it gets colder outside, right? We love going to the gym, getting a good sweat on. If your gym is a sauna, even better, right? You know, but when you go to be trained in the, in the gym, you may have a schedule, you may have goals, you may have a trainer who helps you to be trained and be physically fit. Do we want that even more of the Word of God? I love this translation, training. Like, can we let the Word of God be our gym where we go there frequently? We go there to be refreshed, to grow strong. We actually have goals. Like, I want to like, really know this part of the Bible. I want to work on this. Even having a trainer, someone who can teach you about the meaning of the Scripture. What does this mean? I need someone to teach me. We should want that for ourselves because the Bible is unlike any other writing. It's God's revelation to us. God's revelation to us through sacred scripture and sacred tradition. The last part here up in the orange, the end of our reading today is Paul charges Timothy. It's like a solemn charge. He's putting Timothy in front of God's judgment seat. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus Proclaim the word. Be persistent whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Proclaim the word of God. The word here is referring specially to the word that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. He is the the center and the sum of the scriptures. Proclaim the word is proclaim Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Timothy, Proclaim it. The word that Paul uses for proclaim in the Greek is actually the word, I hope that's familiar to some of us here, it's the word kerygma. Kerygma. What does the word kerygma mean? Kerygma means a... Okay, we got a few people. Kerygma means... Shout. You guys did so much better than last night's mass. Gold star today for the 9 o'clock mass. Now, if you, if you didn't get that, I realized it was 10 months ago we had that homily series, but I began every homily with that. Kerygma, which is the word for gospel or proclamation, it means shout. It's something that shakes you up. It's something that, that awakens you. Something important's happening here. So St. Paul is telling Timothy and telling us, shout that word, proclaim that word, proclaim Christ risen from the grave to save us from our sins. And Timothy, do it when it's convenient, when it's easy. Do it when it's, it's popular, and do it when it's not convenient. Do it when it's not popular. Do it when people resist you. Remember, Timothy is the bishop of Ephesus, and there's a lot of false teachers there, a lot of people teaching all kinds of things that are not inspired by God, false teachings, empty philosophies, bad moral teachings, Paul's telling Timothy and telling us, listen, if people don't like it, if people reject the word of God, you still have to proclaim it. You still must preach Christ. We have to do that. We have to do that. Think about the parable of the sower, where the sower scatters seed on on the the rocky ground, the hard soil, the ground with weeds, and then the the, the sun-scorched earth, but also the place with good soil, where it grows and, and bears a hundredfold. 
Like our role is to spread the word of God and not to care about where it falls. God will take care of that. You just scatter the word of God wherever you can, in season and out of season. God will give the growth. The question is, do we do this? Do we really proclaim the word, whether it's convenient or inconvenient? And I want to end on this, some practical applications. St. Paul says to Timothy and to us, be faithful to the scriptures and proclaim the word. Are we a people who wants to really delve into the scriptures and, and really read the Bible like day by day? Do we want to be trained in righteousness? We should ask God for more desire to know his word, to understand his word, to proclaim the word. Secondly, in our homes and our families, do we have the word of God near us? Does everyone in your household have their own personal Bible? They should. Whether, whether it's a kid's Bible for our little ones or, or a study Bible for adults, like everyone in your household should have a Bible. I don't let anybody even come to my office for the first time with, and, and leave without having a copy of the Word. I give them the Word of God. I've got copies just on my shelf to give out. In our homes as well, you know, we have pictures of like special people, family, friends, picture frames, maybe beautiful things in the centerpiece in our homes. Do we have the, the Bible enthroned? Is there a place where the Word of God is set up and honored in a place of, of devotion and beauty? Maybe, maybe do we have a, a scripture verse painted on the wall, painted in one of our rooms as a witness to us, so people can see that when they walk in? That's when we, we proclaim the Word even in our homes. Next, do, do we have places where, where we can go to study and know the Word of God? Have we been part of a Bible study? Have we ever tried that before? It's an amazing thing. At St. Rosalima, I'm so happy that we have a new Wednesday morning Bible study that meets right back here, run by parishioners, goes through the whole course of the Bible in like 30 weeks. I'm so happy for that. But we need more, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I'd love to have like 10 Bible studies happening at St. Rosalima. I'd love to have... Uh, we, we'll give you the space. We'll, we'll give you uh, the resources. We'll, we'll help you with that. You don't need to have the Bible memorized. You don't need a theology degree. I would love for some more of our parishioners to lead Bible studies here on campus or, or even in your homes. I'm only one person. I'm meant to proclaim the word, especially as a preacher, but we're all proclaimers of God's words. And brothers and sisters at St. Rose, I need your help to proclaim the word. I need your help to proclaim the scriptures so all may know Jesus Christ. I need your help. Finally, brothers and sisters, you know, even if we aren't part of a Bible study, even if we can't even read, uh, even if we aren't sure where to begin in unpacking the scripture, uh, we all hear the scripture together in some way every Mass both in the readings and in the Eucharistic prayers, the whole Mass is shot through with Scripture. So I would just say this. Maybe, maybe the one thing we can take away most quickly from this Mass to be faithful to the sacred Scriptures is to not let the Word of God that speaks to me individually fall to the ground. Here's what I mean. St. Jerome, he talks about the Eucharist. He says, the Eucharist on the altar, if one of those hosts on the altar that's the body of Christ falls to the ground on the floor, everything stops. Like we gasp, like, oh, hold on. The Eucharist just fell. 
Make sure no one steps on that. Take care of it. Put it back on the altar. Let no sacrilege come from just dropping that on the ground. But when the Word of God speaks to us, whether it's this Mass or another Mass, we can receive like something that strikes us, something that hits us from this Word or the Gospel. And it's God's Word to me individually. It's meant to bear fruit. St. Jerome says, we should have the same care for that piece of Scripture that speaks to me today. We should be careful not to let it just fall from our ears, fall from our hearts, and just be stepped on and walked by. We should have the same care for that as if a host would fall off the altar. So whatever the word of God is that hits you today, whether it's a word or a phrase, or something that makes you ask, like, wow, why is that coming to my mind? Why, do I, why am I drawn to that? That's God's breath coming to you. Don't walk by it. Don't let it fall to the ground. Don't step on it by accident. Keep that word in your heart. Ponder that word. Guard it. Let it bear fruit. Pray to Christ about it. And in that way, you will be faithful to the sacred scriptures. And in that way, you will proclaim the word.